Hello, and welcome to the Radical Leadership Podcast. My name is Harriet Schumacher. I'm a certified executive coach and the CEO of Big Leap Leadership. This is a success podcast for ambitious female leaders who want to transform their inner world so that they can achieve what they want and desire in their outer world. Thanks so much for tuning in here today, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Well, hello there, and thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Radical Leadership Podcast. My name is Harriet Schumacher, and today I'm going to be talking about uh, habits, strategies, mindsets that really hold women back from being able to achieve what it is that they want to achieve. And I have been working with women as a leadership coach, as a facilitator, as a consultant for most of my professional career. I'm currently raising two daughters, which is the hardest <laughs> job of them all. And, um, you know, I've been, I was raised by strong women. I was raised by my grandmother, obviously my mother. Uh, we have a lot of women in my family. And, you know, when you start to have all these types of conversations, obviously with your girlfriends, as a coach, having very intimate conversations with women about, you know, what's holding them back um, from what it is that they want to accomplish, what they truly feel like. They, well, I mean, I, I would question that if they really feel like they, they want it. We'll talk about that in a second. But you begin to notice some patterns and some themes that begin to emerge from conversation to conversation. And so today in this podcast, I wanted to share with you my perspective on that and what I think are some of the things that are really um, <clears throat> getting in our way as women from being able to, you know, smash the glass ceiling, uh, you know, break down patriarchal systems that have been holding us back and uh, really, you know, take what we want to reclaim our power and our position and our authority and lead in a unique and female way, because that is one of the things that I really have begun to notice is that the way women are assessed in terms of their performance, the way success is measured, is all based on a masculine construct. And so while you know this isn't new, I'm not sharing new information, I think it's really important that we pay attention to that. As women, we need to recognize that that is the system that we are existing in. And until we redefine it for ourselves, uh, we're going to be stuck. We're going to be stuck in um, and trapped really in uh, a system that was never designed for us to be playing in in the first place. So I'm going to be sharing, you know, a couple of things uh, that I really feel are themes that have emerged over my conversations that I've had. Uh, thousands of hours of coaching conversations that I've had with women all across the globe uh, about you know their fears, their barriers, the limitations that I feel they're getting in the way of their success. So you might hear something that rings true for you. And so if that's the case, I want you to flag it, mark it down, and spend some time really digging into that and processing that for yourself and seeing if you can see yourself in this conversation today. And so the first thing that I encounter and I see a lot of with the women that I work with is just an overall reluctance to really step into and own your achievements. And so what I tend to see is a downplaying of that or just a lack of awareness as to what they are. 
And so it's, it's mind boggling to me because as women, holy, I can swear on my own show. Actually, no, I can't because if I swear on my show, then I can't have to, I have to say that. So I'm not going to swear. I'd I normally in life, I do a lot, but I'm going to not going to do that today. You know, if you're not claiming your own achievements, who do you think is going to do that for you? Do you think that somebody else is going to know what it is that you do and is going to sing your praises and tell everybody how great you are? Nobody's going to do that work for you. And so I really see a reluctance to want to claim our achievements uh, and, and really sing our own praises. And so we tend to take a back seat to our achievements, which means that we just end up staying in the back seat. You know, we end up falling behind. And so why does that happen? Well, because we, for some reason, just feel like, well, you know, somebody's going to notice my achievements. I don't really need to claim them or brag or be boastful about them because, you know, if I work really hard and I keep my head down, somebody's going to notice that and help me rise to the top. And where have you ever actually seen that happen? Give me an example of someone who kept their mouth shut, whose achievements were noticed by somebody else, and those other people helped them rise to the top. Now, I think there's a really big difference between having um, healthy arrogance or healthy confidence and obviously the dark side, uh, which is, you know, is ego, right? From a negative standpoint. I think it's really, really important that women, as women and as female leaders, we understand what our achievements are. We can explain those with conviction and with confidence. And we're not expecting our boss or our colleagues or our peers or anybody else to just simply notice our achievements, sing our praises so that we can rise to the top. Another thing that I noticed, and I read a really interesting article about this recently, and this shows up a lot in the career coaching that I do. Um, when women are uh, put up, put a really significant amount of um, value on their professional expertise. And what I was reading in the article, it said that, you know, when a woman, if you put a woman and a man side by side, and they are both applying for the same job, so you're scanning the job description, you can see the play by play of the job uh, requirements, what's required for the job. Uh, a woman will not apply to the job unless she meets 100% of the criteria on the job description. She won't even apply. Versus a man will will meet, only meet 60% of the requirements of the job description and will apply. I thought that was mind-blowing. And, you know, I hear this coming up in conversation after conversation of women who just don't think that they have enough qualifications, enough education, enough experience, or enough of a track record in a particular field in order to be um, valuable, in order to be can even considered for a job or to ask for promotion or a raise. And so really feeling like you need to have a boatload of credentials experiences in order to be complete. And I fall into this trap. Uh, I definitely spent my career hunting down certifications, licenses, credentials. I built a boatload of them over my career to make me feel like I was knowledgeable, to feel like I had a right to be in the room. You get me? And so overvaluing expertise and hiding behind that 
can be a real limitation because I mean, my God, when could you actually say that you have learned enough? You know, like a really, what is mastery? Okay. So I also, I want to talk now a little bit about relationships and how women build relationships, because I also think that this is something that we struggle with um, specific, specifically in a professional context. And I, I notice that women are very effective at building relationships. Um, you know, most of us come by that quite naturally, and that tends to be a strength. But the gap is that I don't see women leveraging those relationships enough. And so I really want you to think about it's not just about building relationships in order to be connected with people. Of course, that's required. And that's the foundation. But I want you to think about using those relationships as a community as a way to leverage those relationships to help you achieve your desired outcomes. Now, that doesn't mean when I say leverage, I don't mean like stepping on people and using people. But I mean, there's a way to be able to build meaningful, genuine, authentic, connected relationships, and then co-supporting each other to allow those relationships to help get you forward. So I want you to think about who's in your network, who are you aligning yourself with, and are the women, the other women in your network or the other people in your network, really um, going to help you get forward? Because sometimes we can surround ourselves with people who could be holding us back from our professional uh, goals that are really not going to help you get to the next level. That doesn't mean that you don't need to um, maintain those relationships, but you might need to build some some new ones. Um, and so that's another thing that I think, you know, we don't enlist the right people as women. Uh, we uh, tend to um, support, we have a tendency to want to support, have a support structure of people who might um, either kind of be at our level or could be kind of holding us back from being able to achieve uh, what it is we want to achieve. And then there's can be a lot of guilt that can come from um, ending those relationships or just feeling like those relationships aren't meeting your needs. Um, and that can be a real big barrier for women and their growth because of the high priority that we put on relationships to begin with. Um, another thing that I see happening a lot of is women putting their job before their career. And I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But, you know, I want you to think about what do you want your life to look like? What is your life's work? What do you want to be known for? What is the impact that you want to make on the world? And that's very different from having a day-to-day job. Uh, And so there's some things that we do um, that hold us back from being able to grow our career. I see so many women trapped in a position by their own doing simply because they are do-it-all super managers or do-it-all super employees. And they continue to keep saying yes to so many things that they get stuck in a position. They get trapped inside this position because they are, um, they're doing it all. They don't, they can't delegate, they can't develop their team. And it really becomes a career derailer because they cannot even think about, they don't have enough time to think about how am I going to transition and how do I elevate myself out of this so that I can get to the other side. Uh, I also see a lot of women who are overly, um, they're they're stuck in a trap of perfectionism. And I think perfectionism is something that, you know, the same reason why we look at women applying to jobs and feeling like they need to meet 100% of the qualifications. There's a lot of connection between uh, feeling like I need to be perfect in order to be able to perform. Um, And then the uh, the other side of that is uh, people pleasing. And so an inability to say no really saying yes to everything, 
which gets us stuck in this, um, you know, place of dissatisfaction and disengagement because we're doing it all for other people. We lose sight of what actually uh, matters to ourselves and uh, we end up doing everything on behalf of other people, which means we're minimizing our own worth, our own value. We really are not um, recognizing that our time, our energy, our life is of value and creating healthy boundaries around ourselves. So taking on too much. Um, and so what I do know, uh, I do a lot of assessments of leaders. I do a 360 feedback mechanism and I pull data to be able to understand and, t- and help leaders understand where their blind spots are, because these are just some of the things that I think hold women back. There are other uh, patterns of behavior which can hold women back. But the, the data tells me that women actually make better leaders. But I think it's because, you know, internally inside organizations and even in just the business world in general, um, you know, a lot of organizations really don't help women to thrive because of inherent male bias that exists within organizations and within um, the business world. And so I was just having a conversation with somebody the other day and she received some feedback from her boss. Her boss shared with her, he thanked her for being such a great mother to the team. And it was just such a uh, horrible way of uh, describing her leadership. She really took offense to that. Not that she takes offense to being a mother because she is a fantastic mother, but just the male bias that existed in that comment not actually seeing her as a leader, but seeing her as like a mother hen for the team, you know, totally degrading comment. But those kinds of bias exist when you start looking for male bias, they really do exist everywhere. So I just want to make a couple of points in react in response to what I've just shared with you. I'm curious how many of those, those barriers, those belief constructs, those patterns of behavior ring true for you. And so, you know, if you struggle to claim your credit, or your achievements, I just want to underscore that nobody is going to do that for you. No one's going to do that. Maybe your mom will do that for you, but she doesn't even really know what it is that you do. Okay, only you know that. And so I think it's really important, given the construct that we are leading in, that women learn how to effectively market themselves, which means owning your worth, knowing how to speak to that, knowing how to tell other people the value that you bring, the results that you bring, the achievements and the accolades that come with that, and knowing how to really own and claim your own story. And, you know, I really want you to also think about is, you know, from a success standpoint, uh, what leads you to feeling uh, fulfilled? You know, what what are the things that make you feel fulfilled on the inside? I bet that it's a combination of learning new things and being recognized for your achievements. And so the capacity for you to develop mastery, to learn and grow, to continue to keep evolving and not being stuck, and then being recognized for that learning and growth and that evolution um, is probably what helps you uh, feel like you're moving forward. So... I think it's really important when you look at the relationships that you're building, uh, you need to think about leveraging the relationships that you have in your sphere. And so, you know, who are your allies? Who are the people in your corner that you can go to during a period of uh, uncertainty or a period of overwhelm? We're going to be candid with you. We're going to give you honest feedback. We're not just going to go blow sunshine up your, you know what? We're really going to level with you. 
Uh, because if you want to attract help, you need to tell people what you're good at and the problems you can help solve. And so your allies also need to be very t- um, tuned into what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, how you can also help them. So that's what the leveraging of the networks piece comes in, but also um, maybe the help that you need from them. So open, honest, two-way conversations. It's about enriching your world of meaning with each other and helping both of you to succeed and really to win. Now, let's talk about why women have a tendency to stay in a job and not really uh, move forward for a career. So when I speak with women who are about to make a career transition or are contemplating something, typically women come to work with me when they're feeling a level of dissatisfaction in their professional lives, uh, whether they're an entrepreneur or whether they're uh, working inside a, uh, in the corporate space. And when we dig into uh, the choices that they're contemplating making, what I uh, have noticed is that there, women dis- display a high degree of loyalty. And the loyalty can be uh, really more of like a guilt. And so a loyalty to the relationships that they have with people, even if the relationships are toxic, even if they're not serving them well, even if they're like dead relationships, women stay in relationships for reasons that are not serving them well. And so, you know, at work, we can develop these relationships with people that feels like a marriage, right? Or feels like a relationship, like a, you know, a personal relationship, like you've been with these people for so long. And so you can feel guilty for wanting to leave that relationship, right? And so women display a really high sense of personal and team loyalty. And so that's why we end up in a job and not having a career, because we're worried about how we're going to be perceived by others when we end those relationships. So I want you to think about that for yourself. You know, who are you surrounding yourself with? And are you in a job or do you have a career? It's very different. Uh, mindset. So let's talk about perfection for a second here. If you feel like you are one of the women who struggles with perfection and needing to be perfect, uh, needing things to be perfect. Uh, what I see in in a, in a perfectionist, and there are lots of perfectionists as women that I work with, uh, they have a tendency to have extremely high stress levels. Um, they cling to details have amazing memories, but cling to too many details at once. And they're, they tend to miss out on the big picture because they're so into the weeds. They're so into all the details and managing and massaging all the details that they've lost their capacity to be strategic. And so because of the perfectionism, nothing is ever enough. It's never enough, right? And so what ends up happening is there's always this reoccurring theme of disappointment, either disappointment that comes from internally, like I'm never, I am not enough. I don't have enough worth or disappointment in others because your standards and your expectations are so high that people, especially your team are never meeting your standards. And so it's this continually like uh, oscillating pattern of performance and anxiety and overwhelm for perfectionists. Um, and they end up getting really burned out because, because the standard is so high and they swoop in and they tend to take over the work from other people, uh, people start to notice that they're a perfectionist and they keep piling work on that person because they do it so well. And so, uh, I think it's really important that, you know, women can recognize how, how we can be very vulnerable to this perfection trap. 
and what a career limitation it can be, not only a lifestyle limitation because the standard becomes so high, uh, because it can become in certain situations all-encompassing, and really is a result of an internal story that began uh, and is very much attached to our self-worth and our identity, uh, but that can be changed with new story. So uh, part of this also comes from how we've been conditioned societally. So men tend to be more valued for their risk-taking, uh, whereas women tend to be more valued for our precision and correctness. And so that is beginning to change in the workplace right now, uh, but that is the historical context of organizational culture, uh, and we need to be mindful of that. Even in uh, how we were raised, you know, I'm an only child, but I uh, I can relate to and I've heard a lot of stories about, you know, growing up as a brother and a sister in the house. So think about this for yourself. You know, was your brother rewarded for being uh, for being risk taking and cavalier? And were you rewarded for being a good girl? So and, and you know, for being precise, correct, well dressed, clean, neat, getting good grades. You know, what was the what was the story and the narrative in the home where you were raised? So thinking about the limitations that come with perfectionism and really it's about taking imperfect action and really thinking about enough needs to be enough and you need to pull back uh, what's required uh, and lower. Not I mean, I know I say that word and I cringe already, but like lowering the expectations because um, the ceiling is going to be so high and you're always going to be wanting to do yourself. And then, you know, we look at social media and comparison and just what we struggle with in terms of comparing ourselves to what the perfect image looks like in um, in society today. It can be very difficult uh, for women to be able to understand their worth and their value in that context, what we've been conditioned to believe a good or great looks like. Um, I think it's really important to also process that women have a tendency to dissect our own mistakes. And so we can spend time really ruminating, like mulling over our mistakes. And because we have a tendency, one of our beautiful strengths as women, and you probably will see this in yourself, is we have a tendency to notice a lot of things. Like we have a big capacity to um, take in a lot of information just because of our, you know, our genetic makeup, our, you know, we're really here to, um, you know, to, to be mothers, whether you are a mother or not, that is a part of our genetic makeup. It's part of our, ge- our genetic code. And so being able to notice a lot of things in our environment is a strength. It's something that comes naturally to us, but that can lead to a lot of overwhelm. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so another thing, let me just drink some water. here. Another pattern that I'm seeing a lot of in the women that I'm having coaching conversations with is overwhelm. And so uh, women have a tendency to notice more than men. Ha 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 ha. Uh, But that can make us not being able, not being able to focus because we can start so many things or notice so many things that need to be changed. Um, We can really get trapped in our own thinking there. And so uh, overwhelm can really become the, uh, the enemy for us here, <coughs> excuse me, because of our, in, our, our inability to just re- be able to focus on one thing at a time because we see so many things at once. And so uh, these patterns that I've been noticing in the conversations that I've been having with women, they tend to come to me because they recognize that, you know, these patterns have been with them for such a long period in time and recognizing that changing those habits is really hard um, and, and almost impossible to do alone. 
And so it's really more about, you know, finding somebody who they can talk with, who they can have a safe conversation with about, um, you know, what are those, are those barriers that are getting in the way from their effectiveness and recognizing that they actually can change because um, I think it's really, it, it, it's important for us to recognize that, you know, old habits keep us stuck, right? And so, you know, I want you to think about where you are maybe not moving forward in relation to your goals right now and where are you feeling stuck? And, uh, you know, coaches like myself, we can help you really uncover those underlying patterns of thought that are leading to, you know, ineffective patterns of behavior, which is what is keeping you stuck. And so my final question for you to think about as we end today's conversation is like, what are the gaps between where you are now and where you want to be? And what's the price that you are paying for being stuck? And so, yes, change is hard. Breaking habits are hard, but you can get unstuck. And that's really what coaches do. We help you get unstuck. And so I would love to have a conversation with you. You can uh, reach out to me uh, via my website. You can send me a message and book a 30-minute breakthrough session with me. We can have a strategy session together. Or you can join my private Facebook community, which is a wonderful place of supportive female leaders. We come together every Tuesday for Training Tuesday. We're live inside the Facebook group. And I love to be able to provide you with support and resources offline. If you go to Facebook, you go to groups, and you look up the group Radical Leaders, You'll see my face and find me there. And I'd love to see you on the inside. So thanks so much for listening here today. Sorry for all the coughing. I don't know what happened there. I just got a really bit of a dry throat, but that's life when you're doing this kind of stuff live. Nothing's perfect. So thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.